Welcome to the Short Story Long Podcast, where we tend to make a short story long. Uh, if you're checking us out anywhere, you can check us out everywhere. We're on every major platform for podcasts and um, soon to be on every smaller platform as well. Uh, but I guess we can get right back right into it. So we've been out for like the past week for coronavirus, well, suspected coronavirus issues. And it's been it's been hell because it's, it's hard not to put the blame on anyone. But what happened was we was all on the podcast, which this podcast had to be scrapped being that um technical issues. But we was all... At the podcast, it was a great podcast, good conversation, whatnot, whatnot. And we were nobody had symptoms of COVID. Nobody felt sick or anything like that. Everybody was quote unquote asymptomatic. Now, a day or so after that, I get sick. I tell one of the guests on the show, like, yeah, I got sick, blah, 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 blah. She says she was sick. I'm like, what the fuck? Then I contact my co-host. He said he just got sick. Like, literally, the morning I call him, he just got sick. I'm like, holy shit. So it just seems like it seems like everywhere right now everybody's getting really sick and it's most likely because of the holidays and it's like impossible to get a fucking coronavirus test. But the last thing you want to do during the holidays is fucking quarantine. How I think I got sick, um, somebody apparently, and I get to the the funny part of this, but somebody apparently came to a a party um, for my girlfriend's job and had coronavirus, or maybe they didn't know they had coronavirus, but for me personally, when, this is the first time I think I've actually had it, this is the first time I actually tested positive um, for it, I get that there's some people that's asymptomatic, but I'm vaccinated, and I'm also saying, like, I know that being vaccinated wasn't supposed to stop you from getting coronavirus, but I would at least expected it to be maybe less terrible when you get it, just, just maybe, but me having it, I felt like shit, so... It's hard to believe that you don't feel anything if you have coronavirus. That's just insane. But I get it. That's how it is. But somebody came to a party with coronavirus. Then it just a trickle-down effect. My girlfriend, obviously, we sleep together. So that's how I think I got sick. But she didn't actually show symptoms until after me. Now, the only person I haven't been able to get contact with but is my other special guest for the last podcast. I don't want to point fingers, so I'm not going to say anything about that. But I don't suspect that he got in any of us sick. And maybe just... Maybe just the, the season to get sick, I guess. I, I just urge everyone that if you have any, like, if you think just you have any inclination of you being sick at all, just stay the fuck home. It's kind of freaky how something that you cannot see, that goes from person to person, that you can't see, but can straight fuck you up. And, and it's killing people. Even though people, people just generally don't give a fuck. Like, since coronavirus has been happening, it's just it's just people just never stop. And I get it to a, to a T, like... You can't just stop living life because coronavirus, but at the end of the day, you don't have to live life to the fullest <laughs> during a fucking pandemic. You don't have to do the most. But during my during my quarantine, um, I smoked a lot of fucking weed, and I went to go see Spider-Man, and that fucking movie was amazing. Well, first of all, first of all, I'm just going to go ahead and say that um, I thought that the fight scene was kind of not, I don't want to say mediocre. That's, that's not the word. I, <laughs> I thought that the fight scene was kind of lackluster. It just seemed like it was a little bit too easy. I mean, Tobey Maguire was getting fucked up, but Tobey Maguire get fucked up in every Spider-Man. Like there's not a Spider-Man where he hasn't had his fucking half his mask torn the fuck off and like, <laughs> like just experiencing all the damage. But William, the fucking foe, had the all-time best performance, and it's crazy. It don't seem like he aged much since the last. Uh, it don't seem. It don't seem like any of them. Like Doc Ock look exactly the fucking same. It don't look like he aged at all. And Spider-Man One was when I want to say it was early two thousands for sure. Yeah, I don't feel like looking it up, but yeah, definitely early two thousands. And the man. Uh, well, no, Doc Ock was in three. 
that was probably like 2012, maybe. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but even still, like he doesn't like he aged. William Defoe looks exactly the same. Like I, I thought, I thought Sandman's acting was terrible. Um, I get that he he's he was like that in three as well, but he just so like uh, I don't trust you and like it's just it don't seem convincing like <laughs> I don't know but I guess it's not that important like he's supposed to be a brute right but that was a fucking great movie what else did I do during quarantine first of all happy holidays to everybody um I had to quarantine during Christmas which being the age I'm at now. I, it's, it's really not too different from last year and the year before that year before that but i would imagine if i was used to seeing my, my family every year for the holidays and i would be really affected but um i didn't know uh, i didn't get shit and i was thinking like and this this may be a touchy subject nobody wants to hear a fucking grown man talking about him not getting gifts for christmas right but i was wondering like do do dudes still get gifts because not to not to downplay it, my grand my grandparents give me 50 dollars every year and every single year no no matter how old and how old I got, they always send it. But typically in the past maybe five years, I got a microwave for my birth, for Christmas like two, three years ago. I was just wondering because it seemed like it's kind of notoriously a woman and babies thing now. I don't want to be the, I don't want to sound like I'm fucking sitting here complaining and shit. Because at the end of the day, I, it really doesn't even matter. I have everything that I, I think I want or that accessible to me right now at least. So also during this long quarantine, I actually still feel sick though, and that's a problem. And also, the fucking lines to get a coronavirus test is literally like miles long. Um, people getting these at-home tests, I haven't been able to find them anywhere. CVS is packed the fuck out. But e either way, not to go back into the coronavirus thing, um, I've been listening to a lot of music, um, and and that leads me into this topic. I think, and I'm going to bring this up on the next podcast because. You know, it's honestly hard to have a conversation like this by yourself. But I think that today's hip-hop is levels beyond old-school hip-hop. Music hits everybody differently. So, at the end of the day, my opinion is my opinion. If you like fucking boom-bap, fucking 90s hip-hop, um, cool. But hear me out. I think because of how diverse rap is now, there is something for everyone out there. If you want to listen... First of all, we still have Nas. And Nas has not... He hasn't rapped differently since the 90s. You, st you still have a crowd for those people who still like that type of music. If you want to listen to fucking swag rap, you have that. <laughs> like you, you have you have different subcategories now. Whereas back then, hip hop was one thing. Those people are just people that grew up on the on that music, and they can't they can't mentally like they can't mentally grow from that. That's basically what that is. Because at the end of the day, you still have that fucking. I slang crack in a yard, pull out my 40 and shoot him in his broad. Like, yeah, you still have that fucking um, old school type style, but you also have everything under the rainbow when it comes to today's music. But um, I do want to get into this segment, the most redundant segment on um, on the internet right now. At the end of the day, the whole conversation is redundant because as a man, you're supposed to provide certain things, and as a woman, you're supposed to provide certain things. And both, they're, they're not interchangeable. A man can't do what a woman can. A woman can't do what a man can. That's just the same. It's, it's that's why this what makes this argument so redundant. And the fact that this is growing a lot of fucking popularity over the past year, two years. Yeah, I would say about year, two years. The fact that it's growing so much popularity over the past year, two years, it shows you that there's a lot of lonely motherfuckers out there, yo. There's a lot of lonely motherfuckers just looking for an answer on why they're not getting pussy or why they're not getting dick or why they can't get a husband. So a lot of these guys that live 
vicariously through, say, for instance, a Kevin Samuels. What he's saying right now, he can get away with that shit. Imagine being somebody that works for fucking, let's just say Amazon. He's making fifteen fifty plus shift differential. Imagine that guy asking a woman, what does she bring to the table? Imagine that guy telling a woman that she's a fucking, she's a five at best. So a lot of times, and I don't want to blame Kevin Samuels and all these other Manosphere guys, but you do got to understand how much power you have when you, you're, you're basically playing with people's emotions. And some of it is, some of it, some of it is fair. Like, I don't necessarily have a problem with asking a woman, what does she bring to the table? I just don't think that every man has the right to ask a woman that. Because at the end of the day, the idea of the question is to get it out the fucking way. So I know that I'm not sitting here wasting my time going on dates and et cetera, et cetera, and exposing my feelings and getting vulnerable. If you have nothing to provide for me, I understand the concept behind it. But at the end of the day, if you were a fucking regular dude, what you think she'd bring it to the table? Y'all both pretty much should be bringing the same shit to the table. <laughs> God damn it. Every dude should learn how to fucking cook. That's what I think, at least. Every dude should know how to cook and clean after himself, and vice versa. Those things are qualities of being an adult, and you should come to the table with that same shit on both ends. Take what these guys say with a grain of salt. Because some of it is true, and it's a lot about self-improvement for men. And that's what it is. But also, this, this is on both sides. There's never a standpoint that doesn't completely neglect the other side. Now feminism is completely neglecting men's rights, I guess, for the lack of better words. And the whole manosphere is completely just straight shitting on the whole of feminism and women's liberation movement and etc. etc. There's never a middle ground. And that's why this conversation has been kept alive, is because nobody can understand dudes, even when I see these conversations, they don't know what the fuck these women are talking about. I don't either. I I don't know what the fuck they talking about. I cannot understand the logic behind a woman when she says certain things. And it's not meant for me to fucking understand. And vice versa. But that's all I gotta fucking say on that. Um I just wanna get into it because one is it's a one it's a popular topic and give me some views, but also I just feel like it's been so played out now. It's everybody's trying to do the same exact subject matter and it's just kinda annoying. I I definitely when I when I first started this podcast I definitely said that um I didn't wanna be that type of podcast where i just do the same fucking yeah women are bad and uh, she don't cook and clean for you uh, she, she's terrible like yeah i, I don't want to have a podcast like that fuck i can't wait to see ngano versus don francis said something um I always I, I was thinking when the video first came out but he put it into perspective he said that in the train in the sparring footage with him and Gan, he um he he seen me like play like a little brother because that's what sparring is for the most part like, you, you just, you're not trying to hurt your opponent, especially if you heavyweights like fucking Francis Ngannou, where who's fucking literally, like, 99% muscle and, like, 1% body fat. Impossible, yeah, I know, but he pulls it off. You don't throw pull punch, full punches with those guys, so, in the, in the sparring footage, it shows. He said, he's seen me like that, but he's never seen me in beast mode. Now, beast mode, corny, yeah, I know, but he's absolutely fucking right. Because the one thing about Francis Ngannou is he is a powerful son of a bitch. And he's a, he's a brute. He's just, there's no technique behind it. It's kind of like Deontay Wilder, besides the fact that, for instance, Ngano doesn't throw straight, straight punches. Uh, if, he, if he does throw straight punches, he would be already 10 times better with how powerful he is. And if he can explode off of a one-two, um, 
he would be ten times better. But he's just throwing hooks and uppercuts, especially the fucking devastating upper uppercut. Calvin Cater versus Giga. Oh shit! Oh my god, that's not a that's not a good match for um Calvin at all. Yo, honestly, Giga is good. He is, but I. The fact that he's beating guys that I like upsets me. That's that's all it is. And I'm not wow, they got a guy on the main card that's four and three. Yeah, this card is shit. I ain't gonna lie. But Derek Cannonier versus Derek Brunson. Whew. Well, Derek Brunson is a really good wrestler. As far as Derek I, I got Derek Brunson. I think he's gonna be able to take the fight to the ground and just dominate from there. It's gonna be a really boring fight, but that's I think he he has the experience over Derek Cannonier and Derek Cannonier is really one dimensional even though he is he's really good at that one dimension um he is really one dimensional so i think Derek brunson is Derek brunson striking isn't the best but it's enough to chain into his wrestling and you know take the fight to the ground and, and you know confuse jared on the feet maybe thinking that he's going to throw an overhand when he's just faking the overhand for a takedown so why is alexi olenek fucking fighting bro hold up how many fights is that this man is 44 he he has 70 fucking six professional fights going against an ex-football player greg hardy that is seven and four which he he's been a bust so far with his um you know he's not bad but he's not ufc material honestly let's just go through the um first few months i guess jack hermanson versus sean strickland i haven't seen much from sean strickland to to think that he's just good but I've also seen Jack Hermanson in some really dominant fights where he's straight just shitting on him. And I've seen him drop the ball as well. So it's been hit or miss for Jack Hermanson because sometimes he looks like a fucking god and sometimes he looks terrible. Okay, now we get to the bread and butter. Israel versus Robert Whitaker. Now, so well, what did he say? He had three fights since the Israel Adesanya loss. You know what? I do recall him saying that he didn't. Maybe the timing just didn't add up, but. Wow, he won three times before that. Talk about somebody that's earned the title shot, though. Because he said, you know what? I lost. I'm going to... He lost devastatingly as, as well. But Israel's been on a tear. And I think the hardest thing for um Robert Whitaker... Robert. Robert Whitaker is the fact that he did not know how to get in on Israel last time. To the point where he was almost literally running directly at Israel. And Israel is such a precise striker that he will, he will faint a kick at you. Wait for you to... Think that you think that is coming out and fucking like you know check the kick or whatever the case is and reset and hit you with the same shot. He's very calculated. So I have um Israel in this twenty one and one. It's hard to it's hard to um, look past that. His only losses to Jan um Jan at light heavyweight, but it was so obvious that he was just outpowered. Like he he's not a light heavyweight. He's um he's a natural middleweight and he should stay at this class. So. He was trying to achieve greatness. That's that you know, that's cool and all. But if that's his only loss, I gotta pick him in this one. Sorry, not sorry, but um, I also want to get into this a little bit. So I, I got into it a little bit um on the last podcast. Obviously, I said at the beginning of this that that, that podcast had to be scrapped. Um, and also n- nobody on the last podcast actually watched like combat sports, so this is better suited for something like this. So Jake fucking Paul. I'm going to just go ahead and say this. I'm up in arms about his skill set. Because at the end of the day, um, 
and I, I might just sound like everybody fucking else trying to discredit him, but at the end of the day, if you watch UFC, you know that Tyron Woodley, granted, had a fucking powerful, just heavy overhand right, but Woodley was a wrestler. That's not to discredit him, but Ben Askren was a rest was a wrestler. Nate Robinson is a fucking small basketball player. He's very talented. Don't get me wrong, but bruh, what is he like five seven? And we seen that fight. He was straight running at Jake. Now, with all that, I'm gonna say that he's been knocking all these fools out with the same fucking right overhand, bruh. Let let that sink in just just a little bit with the same fucking overhand right. Now I I don't think he's that good. But now that's that's kind of making me think that these guys are that bad. Cause literally the same. And honestly, it's kind of hard to see. It, the fight was terrible. The fight was terrible up until it wasn't. But it's hard to see in that in this sequence. Cause I've seen a lot of clips of it. But it does not. It doesn't look like a faint to the body to me. It looked. Maybe like he tried to do a feint to the body, but was so gassed that it just, even so, to block up, to see a jab to the body and for Woodley to think that he should parry with his only hand to guard that right hand, which we all know is his deadliest weapon. And the dude got that he got deadly weapons. And we all know that's his deadly weapon. Every fight before this one, he's knocked out all of them with that same exact weapon. But... You thought to parry with your lead hand, well, yeah, your lead hand, leaving your guard open for the heavy right hand. It was the most ridiculous mistake I've ever seen in my life. I'm actually surprised he did that with as much combat experience that he has. It just seems weird for him to, um, it seems weird for him to try to parry that. But also, this could be blamed on the fact that he decided to take this fight on two weeks' notice. Now, he got disclosed, it, it was disclosed that he made two fucking million. Two million from this fight. Like, that's, now, I don't know how true that is. I guess I'll fact check it. Maybe not. I don't, I don't give a fuck that much. But, two million. Literally, like, multiply or divide that by, like, four to eight. And that's, like, that's what he was making in the UFC. So, congratulations on making that back. But is it really worth getting knocked out by fucking Jake Paul? You gotta ask yourself, would you take 250000 250000 to be on top of the world as champion in the UFC, a fucking unstoppable machine, or would you take $2 million to get knocked out? No, 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 no. Take $2 million or $1 million, whatever the first fight was. Lose. Get a tattoo of him on your body. Go into the next fight and they get knocked out. You gotta ask yourself these questions. Because at the end of the day, when you put when you put it in perspective, then that whole two million doesn't really sound worth it. And honestly, this type of stuff, this type of stuff tarnishes your whole reputation. Because now, five years from now, it's going to be really hard to recollect all the fucking the great things you did in UFC because you got knocked out by Jake Paul. You got knocked out by Jake Paul. Like it's kind of hard to see past that now. At the end of the day, um, I'm an MMA fan, so all this kind of hurts to to see because I know that. Tyron Willie is not well qualified to box anyone. But who would I like to see Jake Paul fight against next? Um, now, there was some talk about him going against Julio Chavez Jr. Um, he lost to he lost to Anderson Silva. 
and Anderson Silva has been down the road. Granted, Anderson Silva looked really great in that fight, and um, Anderson Silva is a, is a striker. So when you don't have to, you don't have to mix in any of that other shit. It seems like Anderson Silva is granted like forty plus years old. Probably shouldn't be fighting. Probably struggling with CTE. Even though he's a very zen person, probably <laughs> probably shouldn't be getting punched in the face anymore. But he looked really good in that fight. But he lost to Anderson Silva, so I don't think I don't I don't think I would like to see. I don't want to see Jake Paul get validation off of somebody we know that's down the road already or over the hill, not down the road. Down the road would, would assume that you have experience, and that's that's what that is. Somebody's over the hill. I don't want him to get validation over over somebody. Off of somebody that's over the hill already. Because that's what it's been so far. And everybody's like, oh, well, you got to respect him. No, he knocked out Tyron Woodley. This is the same people that don't watch. And yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of upset. Because pe- people say these things and they don't actually watch UFC. And he's, he's always been the same fighter. Him backing up to the cage and allowing the opponent to fucking pressure him to the to the cage or the ring. That's always been him. Backing all the way up and then throwing an overhead right like he did Josh Kostek. That was that's all he that's all always where he's been. And we know Tyron Woodley lost to Vicente Luque. He lost to Gilbert Burns. He lost to Kamaru Usman dominantly, just bad. It was actually like, yo, I watched when I, I was watched that fight live. Kamaru Usman, that's when he earned my respect because I knew I knew not who the fuck he was. I'm like Kamaru Usman. He's he was undefeated at the time. Well, he still is undefeated, but he was like maybe twelve, you know, fourteen and all between that area. Straight wrecked him. Like it was not even close. I was like, wow. Like he just made Woodley look like he was just he was fighting in the fucking C leagues the whole time, and now he finally got to the A leagues. Took his belt, and ever since then, Tyron Woodley has been just losing, just pretty badly and dominantly, like getting dropped and fucking choked out his ribs, like. Cracked in one of his other fights or whatever the fuck, but he, he was definitely screaming in agony. Fucking Ben Askren. Um, what was his last fight? Yeah, his last fight was Damian Maya, which he got choked out after trying to wrestle. That Damian Maya is not even the best wrestler. Ben Askren only has his credibility from another organization. He is, does not have credibility in the fucking UFC because since he got into UFC, he fought ruthless Robbie Lawler. And that fight was. The biggest fluke I've ever seen. He won by Bulldog Choke, but we're not going to talk about that. He fucking... The next fight, we all know, got knocked down in like five seconds. It was insane. That's that's going to be the best KO like for a long time, I feel. I, how could you even get a fucking a KO faster than that? Like five seconds? Honestly, the knockout was in like three seconds. It was just two seconds just passed. Because nobody expected him to get knocked out so fucking fast. It was honestly the best read I've ever seen in combat history. For him to know that he's going to duck down and dip his head like that after, on impulse, because that's just what wrestlers do, I guess. That was insane, and nobody that's normal would, would do that. And Masvidal from there has a, you know, who has Mas- Masvidal fought? Yeah, he fought Usman twice. The first fight was on short notice, so everybody was like, okay, he could definitely like, he could definitely come back and um, try this again. He could probably get, you know, say he probably got a chance. No, it, it was actually a much more dominating victory with him knocking Uz, uh, Masvidal out. But the whole conversation is like, who would I want to see Jake Paul fight next? I want to see him fight a fucking boxer. This dude is like 26 years old fighting fucking 40 plus year olds. And speaking of which, why do we have Pulev? And if you don't know, Pulev just fought. He's a he just fought. Um, 
he's a he's a professional boxer. He just fought Frank Mir just recently in Triad Combat on Triller. <clears throat> Triller is uh, throwing away, they just throwing out a bunch of fucking circuits, uh, circuit shows. But Triad Combat is basically a triangular ring where you can do you can throw clinch strikes. You can fucking you can do clinch like grappling and boxing, and that's it. Um, oh, there's spinning back fists as well. They actually have, you can also do spinning back fists and Superman punches. Yeah, it makes no sense. But Pulev, Frank Mir is an ex UFC champion, probably like a decade ago. Pulev literally just fought Anthony jo Joshua maybe like two years ago. That's not long at all. Uh, Frank Mir has been a champion in fucking decade plus. When I tell you Pulev fucked him up, it it was it was like. I felt bad for Frank Mir because you know when you see somebody get hit and you you know they're thinking like yo like how y'all get in my living room? That's what it looked like for Frank Mir. He his legs weren't under him. He got hit with some bombs and Frank Mir is the type of guy that took a lot of damage, um, especially by Brock, Brock Lesnar. Brock, Brock Lesnar fucked him up uh, back in the day, but he's taken a lot of damage. You don't want to see these guys take more damage. But after saying that, after everyone saw that, they thought hey. You know who would be a good matchup for for fucking Pulev now? Not another boxer, but let's get JDS Junior Dos Santos. Now let me look. Let me look real quick to see what was Junior Dos Santos' last fights. But he's another guy that hasn't been the UFC champion in like probably a decade plus, and he's been getting TKO. Like he got knocked out by Junior. Um, I thought that was a fluke. It kind of looked like uh, Junior Dos Santos gave up. Um, it seemed like he got kind of he got kind of hit, but I, I wouldn't be able to know. Fucking Francis Ngannou is literally powerful as fuck, and who knows? Wow, Francis Ngannou only landed nine strikes, and he got the job done. That's how that just tells you how powerful he is. But uh, who knows? He, he could just be fucking powerful as fuck, and Diego Dos Santos is just surprised. But after that, he lost to fucking Curtis Blades, and I don't remember that fight. But it says TKO, and there was no takedowns or knockdowns. So, I, I, if he lost in the stand-up to Curtis Blades, then that's that's a real problem. Curtis Blades, he has a good jab, and he's kind of light on his feet for a heavyweight, but striking is not top tier at all. Lost to um, Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike, um, I don't remember that fight. You know, I do remember that fight. That fight, because um, they, um, they both trained at the same gym. He got TKO by him. And then he fought Surreal Gan. I remember that elbow. Surreal Gan is this is like when the younger guys come up and they um start taking the older guys spots. But he has been KO'd, TKO'd first in the first or second round in his past four fights. And he is fighting against Pulev. Pulev. Somebody who just straight decimated Frank Mir. You know what? Hold on. Let me see if Frank Mir fought JD, JDS before. Yeah, he did. JDS beat Frank Mir by TKO. But this was in fucking 2012. Like, bruh. <laughs> like, bruh, this was in 2012. So, at the end of the day, I don't think that, um, I don't think MMA fighters are completely out of the conversation when it comes to boxing. But, if you're going to have an MMA fighter and a boxer, or, or somebody like a Jake Paul who wants to be a boxer but is on the verge of proving themselves to be one... Then have them fight a fight a boxer where there's no questions when it come, when you actually win and knock them the fuck out. If you believe you have the talent, then why not? It's not like 
It's not like Ben Askren has the most name value. I wouldn't mind seeing Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. But at the same time, I would mind seeing Anderson Silva getting knocked the fuck out. Because I also know that he has a tendency of leaning back with his hands down. And that's what's the same thing that got him knocked out against fucking um, Chris Weidman. It's his way of evading mostly all punches. So I, I can definitely see um, either that being Jake Paul's kryptonite and Jake Paul is just whiffing on all his overhand rights. Or it being Anderson Silva's kryptonite and it's just he leave his chin wide open and just getting knocked the fuck out. Well, that's about it for this podcast. I know it's a short one, but I, I just kind of hopped in the studio. I felt like I had one due. Well, I definitely did have one due. Um, like I said, the last podcast had to be scrapped. It was it sucks because it was a good conversation. Um, we only had two mics and it was four people in here, so it was kind of like some echoey. Sometimes people would start talking. Even me, you start talking when um someone else has the mic and it's just natural. I get it, but eventually, um, hopefully soon we're gonna get some more studio equipment, some more mics, or just a a big mic. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know much about mics, but if you could just get one like room mic or some clip-on mics where everybody could just talk normally and naturally. I think that'll just flow better, but if you enjoyed the podcast, if you listen to us anywhere, you can listen to us everywhere. We're on every major podcast platform, and soon to be on every small podcast platform. I'm not sure how many that is. Maybe I'm lying right now. If it's over like 100, we, we definitely won't be on all of those. You would just have to get, just, just get Spotify or Apple or something like most people should, but inclusivity or whatnot, if you love the podcast, check us out on these platforms, and I'm out.